Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday, the 5th of March. I can't believe it's the 5th of March. Can you believe it's going so fast? It really is. And uh, London is fairly quiet this morning. Well, I always think that's a bit of a godsend, actually. But they've said it's going to rain today. They've said the heavens are going to open, so I'm like, oh dear, never mind. doesn't really matter, does it? It's only water. It's only water. We have showers. Uh, man comes round to fit bathroom, ends up going out with Lucy Mecklenburg. That's a bit of a, a bit of a result, isn't it? Uh, Bross hit by the tour date axe. Oh, I've already mentioned that, haven't I? So sorry. Uh, I've known Priscilla for ages. We're good friends, says Sir Tom Jones. The nightly dose of Wally, wearing very thin. George's body just gave up, says his ex-boyfriend, who's now come back into the scene. The stars who are out on tour did Lord Snowden love gay backstairs Billy. And the circus performer who became a top model in Paris. Add to that the dementia robot and people cheated by oval pizzas. And you've got the programme this morning. Exciting, isn't it, really? But actually, so it was yesterday that somebody uh, wrote to me. Because I was having a nice day yesterday. I got up nice and early. I went out and uh, I was going to get the car washed. And somebody said, don't bother, Steve, it's going to rain. So I didn't bother getting the car washed. And uh, I went to Costco, bought a few little bits and pieces, came back. Had it, and had what I call a pootly day. I like pootling around, you know, doing little bits here, little bits there. Went to have a look at a garden centre. I'm going to another big garden centre today, actually. Big garden centre down near my brother's. And uh, we're going out for lunch, so that's going to be quite nice. And, um, and I'm, sort of, I'm just going to have a nice sort of a meandering week. I think it's always good to have a meandering week. Anyway, so somebody sent me an email and go, have you heard Bross have cancelled? I think it was uh, Newcastle. And so I went... Oh, right. And now you will remember, you will remember that when it was first announced that Bross were coming back and I was the first one to be somewhat sceptical, somewhat sceptical uh, that that they they were doing a gig. And the uh, it hinged on the fact that they sold out within seconds. I mean, it was I don't know how you sell out within seconds. It takes you that long to get through to these uh, different companies. So anyway, so they do the O2 and it sells out. And on the strength of it selling out, they book in a load of other venues, one after the other, after the other, after they kept booking in. And I thought, but wait a minute, you know, I'm I'm a realist. I'm somebody who deals with with fact. And I thought, okay, they might have sold all these albums years ago. They've not been in the charts for, what, 20, 30 years? Something like that. Um, Luke has uh, been making movies. Not particularly fantastic movies, but he's been making movies and obviously makes a living at it, so that's good for him. Uh, Matt uh, was pootling around, you know, as people pootle. And he was doing it in Caesar's Palace, not in the big bit, in the little tiny thing that holds 150 people. So you're not talking about a big venue. You know, I was playing 600, 800, 2,000 seater venues. Matt Goss was selling, you know, 150 seats. But that was only so people drank and then you watch half skimpy dancers. And he was not doing anything that was a bit sort of, you, come on, yeah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. You know, he made Ozzy Osbourne look like he was on acid. And Ozzy Osbourne's a bit slow, but he was certainly a lot faster than Matt Goss ever was. So Matt, you know, goes over there. And um, and then I can't remember how it came about. Whatever it was, he obviously finished his contract at Caesar's Palace, came back to this uh, country and then started popping up and all the things. He's a dull interview at the best of times. He's not the liveliest person. They they take themselves a bit too seriously. You know, you really want to stick a rocket up their bottom and go, come on, come on, have a bit of fun. But no, they're a bit, you know, some uh, sort of like Matt Goss. And, you know, and you think, come on, you know, blimey, there's only so much help you can give to people. 
you know, and uh, so Matt, who's had this hair put on his head, I don't know where it's come from because his brother's bald as a coot and they are twins. So you'd have thought one, anyway, it doesn't matter. So they then book these things in and they then go, right, we've sold out really fast. So they book in all the other places, Glasgow, Birmingham, Nottingham, Newcastle. And um, and so I'm curious. I'm curious as a journalist. And I said, I can't wait to see how many people have flooded into the O2. I think that they will, they'll do all right at the O2. I don't think it'll be a complete sellout because what they will have uh, done, somebody will have bought swathes of seats, you know, the touts. They'll have bought tons and tons of seats thinking, wait, if they're booking it, this is a big show. We want to make sure we buy these seats. So they're sold, but they're not sold. In other words, they're sold, just supposing Steve Allen, the ticket tout, which doesn't exist, of course, uh, bought... 10,000 seats, because I'm thinking if I buy 10,000 seats at 45 quid, then I can sell them and I can make at least three times on each seat. However, I think there's a limited market. In other words, Steve Allen, radio presenter, would be stupid to book himself into the O2, because I wouldn't sell out the O2. There would be empty seats there. So that, that wouldn't be very good for my ego. Not that I have an ego, but if I had an ego, that wouldn't be very good. So I would book myself into something that fitted in properly. So, and I've said all the time, all the time... I wonder what the show's going to be like. Is it going to be a bit laid back? Because Luke just plays the drums, which is not very exciting. You know, okay, fine. Matt does the singing. When will Craig's not there? But I don't think Craig was there when they when they played the O2 years ago. I might. It wasn't the O2. It was Wembley. But I can't remember whether he was there then. If he was, he didn't get much coverage. It was always the two boys. And and I remember saying to you at the time, I said. You know, they've got to put on a show. Take that, came back and put on the show to end the mother of all shows. It was fantastic. And so imagine my surprise yesterday when somebody sent me a text message and went, um, they've cancelled Newcastle. Now, this is interesting because the producer and I, and he's now officially the producer, uh, and I, yeah, 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 staff, woo, <laughs> woo, never heard that before, security, good heavens. And, um, <laughs> and, and we, every week, have been checking on the ticket availability. Now, for the second show at the O2, there is lots of availability for tickets. Now, that's always a bad sign. Somebody's, so we, we then checked Glasgow. There was availability for tickets in Glasgow. In Birmingham, there was ticket availability. Nottingham, Manchester, we've actually checked all of them. However, yesterday, they cancelled Newcastle. Since then, they've cancelled Glasgow, Birmingham and Nottingham. Now, this means that they haven't sold enough seats. They don't want to walk out on stage or come out in a wheelchair on stage to face, you know, a couple of thousand people because they're going to look terrible. Now, lots of other people have written in one person called Donna who says, I'm so heartbroken, couldn't they find a smaller venue? Um, Well, that's the trouble, you see. They've got to make some money. And I'm assuming they were being promised the earth. I don't know who actually promoted the thing. I really don't know. But uh, it's very interesting that, you know, I mean, I don't know what size smaller venue there is. You know, I seriously don't know. What do you mean, like a 2,000-seater or a 3,000-seater? I mean, you, I mean, so the tour is the 19th of August, the O2, the 20th at the O2, and Manchester on the 22nd. And that's it. The tour has vanished. Now, I don't want to sit here and sound very smug and go, I told you so, but a lot of people have been writing in to me saying, well, you did tell us, didn't you? I was only guessing that there would be an appeal for Bross, 
And, you know, I don't mean a whip round. Uh, I did say that there would be appeal. I think they've overestimated how many people are interested in seeing them all these years later because they've not had a hit. What are they going to do? Is Matt going to do the set that he did in Vegas, in which case it's going to be really, really blooming dreary because it's a lounge set. It's a case of, you know, he sings, when will I? And it's all done acoustically. It's dull as ditch water, but it seems to work for Vegas. And that's what Vegas has. They have lounge singers. The lounge singers go in. You're not really interested in who they are. They're just somebody you know, singing in the background, and they've got some pretty girls with their boobies hanging out. Woo, 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 get boobies, boobies. And, um, and then you go for that, and you pay a lot of money for the drinks, and it only holds 150 people. So, but, you know, it's, it's sad, really. But I cannot say that I'm totally surprised, because you can buy seats uh, for all of those venues. Now, on this, I'm looking at a, a plan. It, this is Manchester. Blue is sold, isn't it? Oh, Blue's available. Oh, right. Oh, so Manchester is looking a bit precarious. There are lots and lots and lots of seats in... Right, so the, the blue ones are available. Right, OK. Ooh. There's lots of empty swathes. This, to me, says tout. This, to me, says touts are bought certain areas, the cheaper ones at the back, and then a few in the middle section. But there's, there's a lot of empty seats. There's a lot of empty seats. Uh, so whether or not they actually cancel that one, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a difficult call. I promise you, it's a very difficult call. I mean, ticket prices, you know, for this go from, you know, what do they go from? Under, 45 quid to 110. So 45 quid to 110. Floor, that, that's upper tier, 45. Floor seated from 72 pound to 110. See, now, I don't want to be rude, but I think 110 quid... It's a lot of money for most of you. For most of you, that's a lot of money. Unless you're a lottery winner and you're one of those nice people who featured on the advert going, you won a million pounds, thank you very much. And that's fine. But 110 quid is a lot of money to go and see two people who haven't performed, you know, in this country for many, many years. So I don't know. I, re- I mean, I really don't know. I'm looking at it thinking, will they end up cancelling the one out of town in Manchester, or will they go for Manchester, hoping it was going to sell, and the people from the other places that have bought tickets um, will then move to Manchester. See, I'm not... The second O2 gig doesn't look particularly sparkly either. See, they might cancel the second O2 gig. I mean, I say they might. I don't know. I'm, I'm really sort of guessing at it, but I'm looking at the, at the swathes of empty seats. I mean, seriously. But there again... See, it's not me being cruel. I mean, oh, you'd be really cruel to Bross. You know, it's, well, fly over to Vegas and see him, for God's sake. You're not going to get anything different. You just get one drumming, you know, which is very nice, but never really featured as part of it. He's very sweet. He's very sweet. You know, I've seen Luke out on a couple of... He hasn't seen me, of course, because nobody knows who I am. I'm just a radio presenter. Doesn't make any difference, does it, really? But I'm having a look at... the. the there's one here. Uh, row S, seat five. Full price seat is £166. Well, Stick it in your pipe. £166. You could have flown over to Vegas and seen him cheaper. Seriously, much cheaper than that. So we'll wait, we'll watch. Don't want to be accused of being harsh or anything like that. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) I'm just curious. I'm just very curious that somebody can come back. Listen, you know, Noreen will tell you. She goes off to see these hit groups from the... uh, 
from all the 60s and the 70s and stuff like that. And they do really good business. They're playing the right size venues. Looking at all the people who've written in and uh, somebody says here, uh, no, it's true. Uh, Somebody's gone. Always happens when I book the Matt Goss cruise and lost money. The Matt Goss cruise. What was that? And then somebody says, what a joke. Tickets, T-shirts and scarves bought for girlfriends Christmas. What a way to treat their fans. Listen, they don't know. You cannot blame Bross for this. I'd love to know what the Matt Goss cruise is. Here we are. Oh, they're rescheduling it. In other words, it's been cancelled. That's another one. So they say, with a successful launch of a new UK CD, Gossy, and a performance in front of 140,000 people at NASCAR in Vegas... He's just getting started. They say Matt Goss's headline at Caesar's Palace. Wait for this bit. Alongside people like Celine Dion and Elton John. No, it's not. He's in the little piddly room at the side. OK, you see what what this is. This is hoodwinking people. This is making out that Matt Goss is this huge international star. The cruise was cancelled. They say here Matt performed four nights at London Café de Paris and caused mayhem when he did an album signing. Oh, God. They said he was recently selected by L.A. Confidential magazine as one of L.A.'s most eligible bachelors. Slightly disturbing, isn't it, really? Who wants to be known as an eligible bachelor? So, um, they, you know, so the cruise was cancelled. <sighs> Dear, I mean, that's not good, is it? That really isn't good. It's a shame, really, because it looked quite nice. You go from Southampton out on the sea, then you go to Vigo in Spain, which sounds like a skin complaint. Uh, then you go to Bilbao. I've had Vigo, I think. Uh, then you're at sea again. Then you go to Paris in France. That'll come as a bit of a shock to them as you, to, as you go up the... the se- yeah, Paris is, is quite far from the... Perhaps they'll sort of lift it on a trailer or something. And then you're back in Southampton. And you arrive at 5.30 in the morning. Small wonder it was not sold due to lack of interest. So that was the Matt Goss crew. So that was cancelled. Now they're cancelling all these dates. Now... I don't want to say I told you so, ladies and gentlemen, but I've never been wrong up until now, apart from the other day when I did my joke. Oh, they say, you can join Matt for a rousing poker night in the Casino Royale. You see, it's your little slice of Vegas. He'll also be hosting a movie night. OK, here's a, a film, and this is, this is us. David Beckham's joined him as well on tour. Brooklyn's having his first drink at the bar. What's the matter, Brooklyn? I had a drink! Of course you have, love. You're 18. It's your first drink. Um, somebody said to me the other day, did you know that the sun featured you, Steve? And I went, the sun featured me. I was quite excited about that. Only the sun online. And it was my throwaway line, which was a nicked one anyway, that Staines is the holding pen for the Jeremy Kyle show. The week before, it was Harlow. The week before that, it was Blackpool. And a few weeks back, it was... Um, what was it? It was... Um, Basingstoke, we've also used, uh, where does little Julie live? Feltham as well. And uh, they say another stain on town's name. LBC radio host Spokes Outrage. No, not one person wrote to me. Not one person. It was so hilarious. So hilarious. Because Waitrose closed and um, the OC sparked outrage and then called the town God's Waiting Room. I didn't call it God's Waiting Room at all. I've never called it God's Waiting Room for the Jeremy Kyle Show. You need to get your facts right. I've called it the holding pen for the Jeremy Kyle Show. God, even the sun can't get it right. That's bad news, isn't it? Oh, it's a cute picture. Of course, not in this... Oh, it is taken in the studio, isn't it? They've just nicked it from my, from my Twitter account. I never called it God's Waiting Room. Absolutely never did. And there is a pic- And bearing in mind, I used to live in Staines. Ali G used to. He didn't live there anymore. Nobody does. And uh, later, he ranted... 
uh, on teenage mums puffing on fags. Yeah? And which, and which little bit... Which little bit of that would not be accurate? I was going to go and take a picture of myself the other day by the stained sign holding a pen. And I can go, look, here is me holding a pen in stains. Not one person complained to me. Not one... Seriously, if nothing else, I got loads of people going, what a dump. What a dump stains is. Whereas, in fact, if they'd kept quiet, they could have gone into the same category as Feltham. They could have gone in as Blackpool, Basingstoke. It's an old gag. It was taken from the television years ago. But the sun liked to over-egg the pudding, but I never called it God's waiting room. No, no, no. Hastings is God's waiting room. Hastings is God's waiting room. Together with probably quite a... Leicester Square could be God's waiting room as well, you know, on a cold winter's evening. But uh, no, we called it the holding pen for the Jeremy Kyle show. Do try and get your facts right. Nothing worse than shoddy journalism. Very shoddy journalism. Honestly, anybody who's ever listened to this programme for more than a year will know that line crops up at least... Once a week, at least. We always find some dump of a town and we go, and believe you me, I lived in Staines for six years. A dump. There you go. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. One local blasted the DJ. I am not a DJ. I'm a radio presenter. They say, (laughs) Steve Allen is an immensely unpleasant human being who is so highly regarded by LBC that they put him on air at 4am. Biggest audience ever. Thank you, sir. Should we put that in the trail? Yeah. One local. And, um... James Foster tweeted, Steve Allen may have helped lower my local property prices. Please tell him to keep it up. There you go, James. Sorry? May of, may, may of helped. Yeah, may have, may have helped. Blimey. But I love the idea. They put him on air at 4am. Saddo. That's why you're listening, isn't it? Every day. That's how you know what time I'm on. Biggest audience going. Have a look at the, uh, at the, uh, the spike. 4am, huge. That's what, put it this way, if I wouldn't have been anybody... Uh, who was any note, wouldn't, the sun wouldn't have bothered writing up about it, but one local, one sad person who puts their rubbish out in the early hours of the morning. Oh, I've got some rubbish here I'm going to put out, because I'm in Stains. It's called Stains for a reason. They tried to elevate it, do you remember? Stains on Thames, to make it sound more posh. Sadly, it's not. Never was, never will be. That's why Waitrose are pulling out. If they thought it was any good, they'd be staying there. Anyway, I'm sure Primark's doing very well and all the other shops as well in Staines. So, hello, people in Staines. Especially to that one who blasted the DJ online. Sad, honestly. I love people like that. <laughs> anyway, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, somebody says, Steve, that's very expensive. My sister and I paid 99 quid each to see Elton John at the O2. Yeah, I mean... It's... Seems a lot of money, doesn't it, really? But interesting. Mind you, Pat's Bros could play Stains. Where could you play Stains? Oh, they don't have any venues in Stains, do they? That's a bit of a shame. I bet Pat's could play one of the Riverside Gardens or the Swan or something like that. Uh, the producer, staff position, says my mum and I once paid 125 quid each to see Sir Paul McCartney at the O2. But that's Paul McCartney. He's a Beatle. He's legendary. I mean, that, I mean, blimey, I'd pay 500 quid. Well, I wouldn't pay 500 quid. But, I mean, 125 quid to see Paul McCartney, 166 to see Bross. I don't think so. It's a no-brainer. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Malcolm says they wanted to make it sound more posh by calling it Stains Upon Thames, as opposed to Stains On Thames. When I was there, it was just called Stains. That kind of summed it up, really. Makes all the difference, he says. And then uh, it was the other person who said that I appeared in the Surrey Advertiser, Runnymede and Spellthorn edition. <laughs> well, they obviously don't have anybody who bothers with it because we've had nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. Nothing at all. No mention of it. Apart from people writing and going, I live in Staines. You're quite right. What a dump. 
Simple as that. So even people who live there are trying to get out. You know, what have you got? The Elmsley Centre. No Waitrose anymore, so obviously it's gone down a bit. Even we have a Waitrose in Twickenham, which sometimes could be the holding pen for the Jeremy Carl show as well. And uh, Michael Dennis says, Steve, don't forget Wallington, where I live. I remember you letting rip with a salvo about its delights one morning. There are no delights about Wallington. There are no delights. There is, yeah, I mean, that, you were the one who thought that Pollington, uh, that Pollington, it was somebody else who thought it was posh. And I said, listen, the only good thing about Wallington is a sign saying, you're now leaving Wallington. Okay. All these people. Going. I do love it, though, when you get the people who go, oh, see, that's LBC love it. They put him on at four in the morning. Biggest audience ever. Bar none. Look at all the radio stations in London. Wipe the floor with them. And that's why. And of course, that's why you're listening as well, isn't it, really? And it's a Sunday morning and I love it. 26 minutes past uh, five. Um, dum, 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 dum. Oh, yes, Brooklyn Beckham in all the papers. Because the parents have released the picture. He sort of took a picture. They're obviously, they've got some illness, the Beckham family. They've got to be in the papers. So she then tweets loads of pictures about my darling. She calls him Buster. I know, I know. I couldn't quite work out what it was. His name's Brooklyn, dear. Not, not Buster. But anyway, perhaps she thinks that's like, OK, that's your mum being all on trend. And calling him Buster, because it's his birthday, his 18th birthday, still no girlfriend. Uh, even No, I'm not making a big deal about it. It's just that he had a girlfriend and they made such a big deal, and now he hasn't got, but he's got his skateboard. That's good, isn't it? Which is fantastic. Martin says, listening to you Sunday lunchtime whilst on business in Hong Kong. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. And, uh, oh, the story about Bross and the tour... De- oh, I've done that one, haven't I? Yes, I'm sorry to mention that again. I'm sure by the end of the programme they'll probably have cancelled Manchester. Because it's not looking particularly brilliant. But it's interesting for them. It means they can concentrate everything on the O2 show. What they should have done is just one at the O2. You know, it'd be like S Club 7 booking in six huge theatre days. They're not going to sell it out. They're old. They're getting on a bit now. Once you get to a certain age. I mean, even in Vegas, there was no energy from Matt. He just put his little hat on because people were going to the hair. What is it? Is it? Is it sort of spray or is it, you know, painted on? Or what is it? Nobody knows what it is. And um, I feel sorry for him, really, because I think they were hoping that this was going to be the huge Bross comeback. But they did it wrong. What they should have done is release some music. You know, here is here is, you know, Bross's latest. set, But there was nothing. And so people have bought the merchandise. I'm assuming there's loads of merchandise, which is now sitting in a warehouse somewhere and somebody going, oh, dear God, we're stuck. Because if you've got an area like the O2, which I think seats, say, 20,000, 20,000 people. You would go, OK, let's work on the assumption that half of them want thing. You'd have bought in 10,000 scarves and everything else. And you've done that for all the different venues, probably all printed up. O2, Manchester, whatever. And you're now stuck with a load of stuff. Somebody's going to be seriously out of pocket on this one. Seriously, unless, they, unless they've just done what I call blanket merchandising. Blanket merchandising is where it doesn't matter where you bought it. It just says Bross on it, like Dolly Parton. Same sort of thing. Same sort of thing. Uh, what else we got this morning? The uh, the family's cheated oval pizzas because you don't you, you get less pizza, less pizza than you did before. So people are not very happy about that. Also, have a look in the bathroom. Just have a quick look. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll try and remember what's in the bathroom. What colour's the suite? Is it white? Is it avocado? Avocado was terribly popular. It apparently devalues your house by 5,000 quid. You'd be cheaper to rip the blooming thing out and put a white suite in there. White covers everything. And you can buy a white suite for the bathroom, basin, toilet, bath for probably about 250 quid. If not less. If not less. So if you've got one, you're going to lose five grand off the price of your house because they say nobody wants avocado. Uh, the circus performer, he used to balance check, 
um, chairs on his shoulder or anything else like that. Somebody spotted him. He's now a model in Paris, which is uh, which is good. Uh, Ola Jordan's got a calendar. It's nice, isn't it? Something for her to colour in, I suppose, on those odd vacant days where she's not working. That'll be for most days then. And uh, as I said before, can Mel and Sue save the Dire Nightly show? The answer is no. Nobody can save it. It's just dire. They weren't any good when they had a show on the television. When they had a, a double-headed show, they used to do a, a lunch show, and it was dire. It was just unfunny. It's just sexual in- innuendo from the straight one and the gay one, and it just just doesn't work. It's dated, dated. But you know, I'm prepared to be moved by it. I shall watch, of course, as usual. Um, uh, the super wealthy Poundland founder Steve Smith does his own dental work with a tube of super glue. He can't be bothered to pay money for. I wouldn't recommend it, incidentally, putting super glue into your mouth. Uh, Kate Moss has had naked wedding pictures stolen. Well, don't have them taken, dear, but we've all seen your body and your boobs and all the bits and pieces, so it's no big surprise to anybody. Uh, Also, the woman who cut her leg off to have a kid. I know. I wasn't sure about that. Uh, George Michael's ex-boyfriend has come back. Kenny, little Kenny, has come back. He said his body just gave up. How do you know, love? Have you seen the toxicology result? No, of course you haven't seen anything at all. It's not available to you. You're nothing to him. And uh, he was going out with, with Faddy. But apparently, for the last two weeks, Kenny Goss has been, uh, you know, with the family and all the rest of it. I don't know why he's only the last two weeks. George died on Christmas Day. He thought he'd been whizzing back across the Atlantic. But uh, no, he sort of left it so he can presumably either give the story away or sell it or whatever he wants to do with it. I can't, can't quite work it out, really, why we'd be interested. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. 26 minutes to uh, six. Malcolm says, I think Kate Moss could win the Nobbly Knees competition. Hands down, they're dreadful. That's what, nobody ever looks at their knees, do they? I don't know why we don't look at our... I might look at mine tomorrow. Uh, as you predicted, Steve, nobody's interested in Bross anymore. Only famous because they were a couple of pretty boys. Not known for the music. Uh, I'm, a, I'm the same age as the teenage girls used to scream at the sight of them. They're all grown up now. It's just that they weren't very good at their interviews. Go online. I mean, don't take my word for it. Just sort of, you know, they were two young boys. But the interviews were so sort of nothing. Nothing. You know, the, the, there was no excitement. No, you know, because, you know, Bross, you know, did this kind of... And that's why I think they were taking the mickey out of without, yeah, Bross, love you. And uh, French and Saunders did a, did a Mickey take on them as well. Because they just, there was no personality there. You know, Matt took himself way too seriously. Way too seriously. Should have lightened up a long time. Just two boys from Chertsey. All this garbage about coming back to London because this is where, you know, roots are and all this kind of thing. There are no roots here. You've been in America for ages and ages. Ages and ages and ages. And it was, you know, it's great. It's great. But, you know, if they cancelled everything and you... I mean, surely you must see a pattern emerging here that, you know, you had loads of fans. It was years and years ago. Years and years ago, you had loads of fans. And then all of a sudden people grow up and they move away and they don't want to spend that sort of money. You know, obviously there weren't enough money. There weren't enough people to even fill a cruise. And that's not too difficult, is it? That's only, what, 1,500 people, one one and a half thousand people? Lots of people do do cruises and they do very well. You know, they, they, they should have got it... You know, in in gear. Matt Goss was interviewed by uh, Piers Morgan. I don't know when it was, actually. 2009. Should we hear a little bit of it? But just listen. This is... It, it's a case of, you know, where's the excitement? Where is the... You know, how, how can we generate some sort of interest? But is a little bit of you bitter just about the media caricature that you had, probably to this day, back in Britain? I felt that maybe I'm a bit underrated, you know, I, I'm definitely good, I feel I'm a good singer, I think I've, I've written some 
good songs. And the reason I'm here is because I want to just be allowed to do what I do. I want to make music. I want to write books. I want to do what I do. And that isn't just the guy from Ross. You must have been, since the success of Take That and Boyzone coming back and so on, you must have had big money offered to you. Yeah, we have. And we've come really close to it. But Craig's running a record company. If that's what he wants to do, that's brilliant. And I know he's doing a great job. Luke's making successful movies. But I moved on. I don't know truly if the British media will let me move on, but I'm not going anywhere. If they think I'm going to stop making music or doing other ventures, it's never going to happen. You'll know you've made it. Oh, so, see, the trouble is, I'm as fascinated by this as you. I'm sort of sitting here watching this, and I'm sort of thinking, he, you know, he, he wants to be somebody, but, you know, you can hear that in the first bit of the interview where he says, you know, I believe I am you know, big and all the rest of it. And they were. There's no doubt about it. I've never, I've never denied that. I've just always thought it was best left where it was. It was... I mean, he's telling us that he's moved on, but I don't think he has moved on. I don't think he has moved on. I think he's sort of... I think there's a little bit of bitterness there. And I love Piers Morgan. He's sort of... He's sort of... I'd be doing the same. You know, I mean, I would have had Matt Goss on the programme years and years ago if he wasn't so foul-mouthed after a drink. You know, I, I really would have had him on the programme to let him sort of explain everything. Because it's, he's only young. He's only young. I mean, now they're not young. That, that was done a few years back, wasn't it? That was 19, uh, 2009. And again, there's no sort of, yeah, because they treat themselves seriously. You know, and that's it. Take that, moved on. They came back. Big show, big, big show. But you didn't get the big show. We didn't have a big show from Matt Goss in Vegas. It was a little piddly show. It was just him with a silly little hat on singing standards. And that's, that's of no interest to people, isn't it? I think I'm a good um, thing. I'd like to do books and everything else. Well, we'd all, I'd like to fly to the moon, but it's not going to happen. You have to, you have to try and limit yourself to where you go. And that's the trouble. Loads of interviews, loads of funny little outfits that obviously, you know, they, they would wear or he would wear in Vegas. And he's going, you know, uh, Luke's making these films. He's very successful. Go on. Name three of Luke Goss's films. All right, name one. I'll bring it down so it makes it easier. Can't tell me, can you? Nobody can tell me. Unless you're a huge fan of Luke Goss, you wouldn't know what his... I couldn't... I could sit here till the cows come home and I'd never better tell you anything at all. I seriously wouldn't know. I wouldn't have the faintest idea. But that's why I'm just curious. It's a case of stop being so arrogant, come down into the real world, play humble, and the public like you. Because if you watch on YouTube... Let's face it, nobody's given them more coverage than I have. Nobody. They don't get talked about on any other radio programmes. Why? Because they're not of interest to people. I talk about them because they're of interest. You know, watch them when they run out. They come into the smoke and then Luke goes and does his drumming. And Matt does, woo! Woo! There's a lot of wooing. A lot of wooing and whooping and stuff like that. And um, and then we go into a few songs. Yeah, I love you, Wembley. And then they cheer back again. It's like standard old thing. You know, they don't have enough material to fill a proper thing. And that's why I asked the question. I asked the question. Exactly what will they be doing as part of the set? Will it be Matt's stuff where it was mostly standards in Vegas? Mostly standards. Pretty boy. Pretty interesting hair. Pretty boy. You know, but it's standards. There was no jumping up and down or doing anything else. I mean, I just... I just don't know. I don't know what the, um, what the way forward is for them. Well, as they're now cancelled, as you probably heard at the beginning of the programme, four of their dates have been cancelled, which is almost what I predicted on LBC. I told you that's what would happen. I did warn people. I did say, if you bought a ticket, you know, the trouble is, what they did was they sort of did London tickets. So a lot of people in Manchester and Liverpool and Birmingham and Scotland and Newcastle bought tickets for London. And then they do dates in their hometown. 
So you're not going to buy it twice, are you? No matter how much you like them, how many times you see them. And uh, I should imagine most of the people that watch them now are probably fairly ancient. You know, just to get to your seat without creaking is going to be a bit of an achievement. But, you know, we'll wait and see. But I know what the press are going to do to them. I'm telling you now, I'll predict it. This is for August. They're going to annihilate them. They're going to have somebody who will get a ticket to go and see them at the O2. And uh, if they don't get their value for money, they're going to just pull them apart. They're going to be expecting a little bit more than anything else. Because you can go and see all these 60s and 70s shows, as Noreen does. You know, uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, this week's In Conversation says, Dean, repeated night between 9 and 10. Definitely worth a listen. Oh, it's brilliant. This week's very, very good. Very, very good. Uh, so Mark Thomas, the comedian, you know, the one who's, I mean, put it this way, I, I've said before, I wasn't sure about Mark Thomas. I thought, am I going to get on with him? We got on immediately, literally immediately. And he was, he was great fun, great fun. And, and the other guest is, uh, is the cute Blake Harrison because he's currently starring. He was in the Dad's Army film. He was in The Inbetweeners. And he's now in The Prime Suspect 73, 1973. He's super. He's a really, real chatterbox. Real chatterbox. So uh, they're on this evening at nine o'clock. Don't, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Last day, pootling, says Viv in the Maldives. 10am and 84 degrees. Oh, vile. The 84 degrees. God, dear. I'd have to stay in the room. I wouldn't know what to do with 84 degrees. I seriously, that would be way too hot for me. Way too hot for me. Um, George's family just want the funeral to be over with now, like we all do, says Kenny Goss, who sort of says, uh, we, we were together for 13 years, which is good in the, uh, in the gay world. Well, he was off pootling around in toilets, wasn't he, actually, Kenny? Or was that after you? But uh, certainly, um, I don't think George could keep it in his trousers very often. I think George was off out, you know, playing around with as many people as he possibly could. So it's very nice to come back with something that most people know is not particularly true. I agree with you, though. They should have released his body. Why they're still, you know, waiting. He actually claims that the body uh, gave up and all the rest of it. He doesn't know that at all. They haven't released any of the toxicology results. But uh, he says he used to call me darling. Well, I call people poppet. You know, so that's the way it goes. Everybody calls people differently. He said when we split, there was no big argument. It was just how it was. It was a lovely relationship. I miss him. Yeah, because he was off with other people. That's what George did. He was very popular. People liked him. And uh, and he milked that for as much as he could. So let's wait and see, shall we? I can't wait for the will. Seriously, it's the only thing I'm interested in. I'm going to obviously want his family to uh, to sort of see him buried because that's just ridiculous. But it's nice that uh, that Kenny's sort of come back after all this uh, this time. And um, as I say, he died on uh, on Christmas Day. I know because we did a special tribute program on LBC. Uh, Louis Snaps. This is Louis Tomlinson. Believe it or not. Yes, we've had this before with him, haven't we? He's been arrested after a clash with paparazzi at an airport. He'd landed from a break in Las Vegas. I say, not that we know what he does, but he's given £16,000 bail. Perhaps he thinks he's more important than he really is. Perhaps he thinks he's more important. I don't know. But anyway, they've, they've got um, the, uh, the citizen's arrest, which somebody made. There was an altercation. Arrested at 11.45pm on Friday, released on bail, but let go without paying the 16000 on a personal... Uh, bond, which means he promises to appear at all future court hearings. Good. Well, there you go. I can imagine. Must be really, really irritating when, you know, you get off a plane, you're tired, a bit emotional, and uh, you're still wearing a little hoodie, which is very sweet at your age. But uh, anyway, so, and then the paparazzi try and get pictures, and he snaps. But that's kind of the uh, the thing, you know, Louis, that's what you do. 
OK? If somebody wants to take a picture of you, you become public property. And let's face it, you milk the press for all it's worth, so they want their, their pound of flesh. And because they didn't get it, you, uh, you kind of said, they'll do anything to goad you. You know that. You know that. Uh, Danny says, re-Luke Goss, Blade 2, but then again, I like vampire films. Right. And uh, <laughs> Gina in Chingford says, if I won tickets in a raffle, I'd redonate them. You're a matter-of-fact marvel and tell it like it is. Well, I can only tell the, uh, only tell, tell the truth. And uh, apparently, I'm a controversial LBC radio host. That's in the Surrey advertiser. Nobody's complained about it, actually, Sandra. Isn't that funny? Nobody... Nobody's complained about the comments that it's the holding pen for the Jeremy Kyle show. But as I say, it's one of about 40 towns that I use and chuck them all in there. Blackpool, of course, couldn't be bothered because they're so used to hearing that sort of thing. Uh, Basingstoke didn't understand the question. And people in Felton were too busy being locked up in the Felton Young Offenders Institute. So there was no chance they were going to be appearing with Jeremy Kyle anytime soon. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have a... Oh, I was a little bit worried. Did you hear? Beauty and the Beast might not be shown in Russia because it's got a gay theme. Because there's gay... Ca- and, of course, apparently there aren't any gays in Russia at all. Woo! Excuse me, Mary. Oh, yes. The Kremlin, full of it. A fairyland, ladies and gentlemen. You can't move. Those spies. Heterosexual? Don't think so. Good heavens above, no. And somebody wrote in to me and said the best thing the Bross Brothers did was their turn in the Matrix films. If only it was them as the twins... Admittedly, it could have been them, but I think the acting, even by the Bross standards, is a little bit, um, a little bit peculiar. They wear sort of dark glasses and they've got their hair braided. Well, in fact, in Luke's case, you'd have to staple it onto his head because it wouldn't be staying there any time soon. But uh, it could be them, but sadly not. They were in the, uh, the freeway chase, you remember, and things like that. They were henchmen in the Matrix film trilogy. But, uh, if, if only it was as good as that. But it really wasn't. It's a shame, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so they're, they're they're going to they're having to decide whether or not to show you the um, Beauty and the Beast film because it's got. Nick Abbott told us about about the Alabama Theatre, uh, which apparently uh, will not be showing it. It won't be the guest of a drive-in theatre because of a new gay twist. It is with great sorrow read a message on the Facebook page of the Henniger Drive-in Theatre that I have to tell our customers we will not be showing Beauty and the Beast. And um, and the the reason is, is because it's gay. Director Bill Condon says the character of Le Fou, sidekick to the villainous Gaston, has an exclusively gay moment. Well, he's called Le Fou. What do you expect? Not called Le Butch, is he, really? And uh, the New York Daily Reviews. I mean, Le Fou. Le Fou. I mean, I ask you. Uh, Disney's first unambiguously gay character. Variety's review says Le Fou is silly and fawning, but I must have missed the memo where that's spelled gay. He's called Le Fou. Hello, Le Fou Fou. You know, Fru 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 Fru. Come on. Condon told the British gay magazine Attitude Le Fou is somebody who on one day wants to be Gaston and another he wants to kiss Gaston. Exactly. Can't work out whether he's Arthur or Martha. He doesn't know. He's Le Fou. I'm Le Fou. All the French are like that. Le Fou. That's why. I mean, it's a very odd name. He's confused about what he wants. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? And so, if we cannot take our 11-year-old granddaughter and 8-year-old grandson to see a movie, we have no business watching it, the message says. If we can't sit through a movie with God or Jesus sitting by me, then we have no business showing it. We are first and foremost Christians. What are you telling me? There's no gay Christians? God, don't start that one, please. That opens up a whole can of worms, doesn't it, really? Can you be gay and Christian? It's like earlier on, Matt was saying, can you be uh, believing ghosts and be Christian? Well, in theory, no. In theory, no. 
But people do want to believe in stuff. I mean, I personally don't, even though I have a belief. I believe in this programme. I believe in the producer is now staff. You know, I believe in factual things as opposed to something I can't see. If I can't see a ghost, I don't believe it. It's as simple as that. But uh, to sort of come up with this Christian thing and to say in a narrow-minded way that, you know, if you can't take your 11-year-old and 8-year-old to sit, they don't know what it is. They might buy 11, but at 8 they don't know. What's the matter with it? I just don't, I don't quite get that sort of thing. Oh, gay and Christian. Hello? Where do you think most Christian priests come from who are gay? The church. The church. Look at the Catholic priests. Good God, I mean, blimey, you're getting rid of them left, right and centre over in the Catholic church. Does it really make any difference to people in this day and age? You know, I, I really, I really just don't, uh, I don't kind of get it at all. But in Russia, they're doing it because they're not allowed to promote gay uh, propaganda. I mean, I'm thinking if you lived in Russia, to be honest with you, have you seen Russian women? Hello, comrade. You know, they're, they're, they're fairly butch, aren't they? Most of them Russian weightlifters and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of uh, Russian people do this. And uh, that's fairly butch. So, you know, why not gay people? But they don't, they don't like it. They don't like it. And yet, funnily enough, all their gay armies run around naked and shower together and everything else. And then, of course, we had Putin with his shirt off and his horse in one of the most homoerotic pictures I'd ever seen in my entire life. But uh, any, any women in Putin's life? I believe a little woman at home, but we don't see her very often. In fact, Putin likes taking his uh, shirt off at every opportunity. You know, whether he's doing it in the company of other men, I don't know. But they're very odd pictures. Seriously, I, don't, I can't quite work it out. Um, oh, here he is with another, another man who's also got his shirt off. I think that might be photoshopped. And, um, and all the other people. It's just very odd, isn't it? Why would you want to live in Russia? Why would you want to go there? It's like, it's as bad as saying, why would you want to go on a Matt Goss cruise? You know, it's a similar kind of thing. Both equally repulsive, I think. Uh, Mark says, uh, have, have you ever mentioned Leicester Square in your daily put-down of cities and towns? Twickenham is just a rugby ground. Oh, sorry, have you ever mentioned Leicester in your daily put-downs of cities and towns? Um, I don't think Leicester exists anymore, does it? Doesn't that, didn't we get rid of that during the war? And also, Twickenham is just a rugby ground. Blimey, you actually sort tax out, do you? God, you can't even spell, can you? I mean, really embarrassing. How do you think he spells ground, ladies and gentlemen? G-R-O-W-N-D. What's that, the dyslexic spelling? I've never heard of anybody spelling it like that. And also, Twickenham doesn't have a rugby ground. We don't have a rugby ground in Twickenham. I don't know why you think Twickenham's got a rugby ground. It's in Witten. Witten. W-H-I-T-T-O-N. That's where it is. It's in Witten, next to the Tesco's. It's not in... You have to cross over a roundabout. It's not in Twickenham at all. I don't know why people keep thinking that's in Twickenham. Very odd. They always sort of do that because, because Witten's a dump. You know, if you've ever been, been to Witten, it's the holding pen for the Jeremy Kyle show. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> but you must learn to spell, Mark. I'm deeply embarrassed that somebody who purports to be an adult can't even spell the word ground. I mean, really? G-R-O-U-N-D. Don't tell me the rugby ground says Twickenham. It's the stoop is in Twickenham, yes. The stoop is in Twickenham, yeah. But the actual rugby ground is Witten. That's where it is. So people go, oh, I'm going to see the rugby in Twickenham. I go, oh, you're going to the stoop? And they look at you like you're mad. And you go, the stoop, it's a little, it's a smaller place just up the road. Harlequins play there. But uh, no, the actual rugby ground's in Witten by Tesco's. So uh, that's what it is. You have to come out of Twickenham to go into it. But uh, ground, by the way, uh, Mark, just in case, because I'm sure that your spelling is going to get worse. G-R-O-U-N-D. OK, G-R-O-U-N-D. 
can't believe you actually do people's tax. I mean, blimey. <laughs> oh, perhaps it's just numbers. You don't need to spell anything. Oh, look, another picture of Brooklyn Beckham supping a pint. He's so butch. He's so butch. He's one of the Beckhams supping a pint. And here he is. And then they've got a picture of him with his mummy. And uh, then him when he was a baby with his daddy, when his daddy had bleach blonde hair and had his vest on. And then Brooklyn getting a bit older. And here he is with Romeo. And here he is. Look at him all grown up drinking a pint. Isn't that unbelievable? So, happy birthday to Brooklyn. Happy birthday to Brooklyn. We hope you find a girlfriend. Happy birthday to you. No, we do, because I don't like to think if he's just got a pint and he's going to be a lonely drinker. That's the worst type. The lonely drinkers who sit in the pub by themselves and then he goes outside and goes, go on my skateboard, because uh, he sounds a bit like his dad. Well, he does for the purposes of this programme this morning. So he's 18 and he's having a drink. Ooh, good grief, honestly. What other families do you know? Print a picture or something like that. Nope, I didn't know any either. Um, there's talks to turn Tom's life into a TV movie. Plots you, pussycat. Plots you, pussycat. Sorry. Just a small joke. It won't go any further, I promise you. Uh, what else we got here? We've got uh, Harry Hill says he's worried what couch critics like Lee and Jenny will make of his new ITV series. I like him. I like him. I'm not bothered about the people from Googlebox. I'm, ser- I'm serious. Or Gogglebox, whatever they call them. I couldn't care less whether Scarlet Moffat's family been dumped off it or not. Shows how much she thinks of the family. Scarlet, they're going to throw us off the television. We won't be recognised anymore in Lidl. Uh, all right, Mum, I'll give up my, my career so you could stay on the television. OK. No, she's not done that at all. She's got like kind of tough, innit, babes? Tough. I'm the celebrity. You actually see her presenting that nightly programme. I can't wait for this one. That one's, that one's intriguing me possibly more than anything else. Mel and Sue, I know, won't be very good. John Bishop, the accent will get on your nerves. And uh, who else have we got? Gordon Ramsay. He'll be all right, I think. I don't know, though. Anton Deck. Yeah, not sure about a week of Anton Deck. You know, having already seen them, who Jack, Jack Whitehall would be brilliant. I love Jack Whitehall. It's only because he's young and enthusiastic. He's everything that, uh, that Bross aren't. I don't know why I keep mentioning Bross at all. Uh, I think I've got Dan Stevens coming in very shortly uh, from uh, from Downton. I'm very, I would have had... I'm going to tell you this. It's not going to be popular. Um, uh, I would have had that uh, Julie from... What's it? From Broadchurch coming in. I was looking forward to it. Very much looking forward to it. And then she pulled out the last minute. Why? Because she's a Corbyn fan. What's, I didn't quite understand that. I thought, what's that got to do with an interview? So, no, she, she pulled out because she's a Jeremy Corbyn fan. And obviously she's one of those people who sort of thinks that Jeremy Corbyn gets roughshod deal from the media. Because ne- I don't think anybody who's ever come in for an interview with me has ever queried what somebody's political beliefs are. And I don't have any political beliefs. I really don't have any political... So I couldn't quite work out why, because she's a Corbyn fan. She wouldn't be coming in. Well, there you go. Her business, isn't it? We'll watch the career still with interest. We had a, an after-pride party in St Anne's Dean Street. AIDS Day, Soho Square Church, Gay Church. Hell yes, says Sue Anne. Oh, I don't think so. Not at Oh, no, 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 no. You go to parts of America and they don't do gay. They don't do gay at all. If there's a gay bit in a film, they don't... They'd be horrified to discover there is a gay film industry out there making... Normal films about people coming out, you know, 12 year olds, 13 year olds, 14 year olds. But they don't accept that. But of course, as anybody will tell you, what they uh, what they actually do is the more you, you repress children, the more they kind of go against it. The more they say you mustn't do this. Look at that vile family in America, the ones who go and picket the funerals of soldiers. You know, the children are indoctrinate, indoctrinated as the mad as broomstick parents. Vile, disgusting pieces of filth 
you know, the sooner they all die, the better and the happier America will be. But they, they give them coverage and they give them press. It's like saying to a child when they're young, you can't have sweets, bad for you. You go, oh, I can't wait to eat sweets. And then you eat sweets and you have to start eating them furtively. I'm not saying that you're going to say to somebody, you don't want to be gay. But uh, it's, you can't, you don't make somebody gay. <laughs> you don't sort of go, it's Tuesday. Oh, what a lovely day. I think I'll be gay. It doesn't work like that. The Phelps family from the Westboro Baptist Church. God hates them. God hates them. He absolutely does. The Phelps family. Disgusting. Coming up very shortly, it's the news. That's, we're racing through this morning. It's so exciting. So exciting. Did I mention Bross? Did I mention the fact if you bought tickets? I don't, to be honest with you, I wish I could help you. If you bought tickets and you want to know how you get your money back. Uh, if you bought merchandise, I think you're kind of stuck with it because people bought the merchandise. So I'm going to find out what Bross merchandise is available after the news at six o'clock this morning. Uh, Gemma Oten, she was in Emmerdale, apparently, I don't know, but she went out with uh, DIY SOS star Nick Knowles. And then, you know, after they split and all the rest of it, she just she's over 30, for goodness sake. Um, Bianca gets another dream date, <laughs> doesn't she ever? And uh, Steve Smith from Poundland does his own dental work with a tube of superglue. And, um, oh, Chris Marshall could be the next Doctor Who. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday, 5th of March. I don't want the rain today. I really, I'm going to drive down the motorway. I don't want to drive down in the rain, thank you. There might be a little bit of rain, but not, uh, not a huge amount of it. Anyway, trust you well. Trust you had a good Saturday night. Still suffering. Good, good. That's what I like to hear. People out there going, oh, never again, never going to drink again. I didn't see Anton Deck yesterday. I just saw the trailer that said Robbie Williams is appearing and that was me switched off immediately. I don't know why I'm a bit bored with Robbie. We've seen him on there before. He's obviously sitting there bored at home, hasn't got anything to do at all. Best start of Sunday, says Nicky, the full-time scheduler compiler and now and then bus driver. Morning, Nicky. And uh, apparently somebody says... A question on the BBC News. Has the watch had its day? In other words, people use the uh, the phone for getting the time. I don't think the watch has had its day. I, I love her. I'm, in fact, if I don't put my watch on when I come out, I feel a bit naked. Mind you, sometimes I am naked just with my watch on. But I do, um, I do, I need it. I don't use it that often because I use the phone or I've got, you know, the clock in the car. Uh, the radio gives me all the time checks I need. Coming up five past six. You know, you don't. Know, why would you need a watch? But uh, but people like them. I've got a few watches. Um, eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Heard you say Kelly Brook has had a sex change. No, Kelly Maloney. Kelly Maloney. Didn't, Kelly Brooks just put on weight. Pauline, she just put on weight, a lot of weight. Although she actually. Uh, she actually says that, why would people worry about weight? Well, we don't until people like you tell us about it. We don't worry about weight anymore. Couldn't, couldn't really care less, actually. Uh, I'm trying to find Bross merchandise. Very difficult to find. Very difficult to find for the, uh, for the Bross fans. On the, on the website, it just says, buy tickets here. Now, you remember, sorry, just for, for new listeners, just for new listeners, it's a case of um, they were running adverts in the papers for Bross, for the shows outside of town. For people who don't know, they've cancelled... Um, all of them except one. I think the only one they've kept in is the O2, two shows, first one and then a second one. Second one, there's loads of tickets available. And they've kept in Manchester. All the rest of them have been cancelled. So somebody somewhere, I don't know whether you have to put down deposits on these places, whether they cancel. If you've already started selling the tickets for it, presumably they've been printed. So somebody's, I mean, this strikes me as being a very expensive, costly mistake. 
But if they'd listened to the Steve Allen programme on LBC, controversial, so the newspapers say, controversial Steve Allen, which means telling the truth, uh, it would have been easier. There was never going to be enough interest to sell out all these venues around the country. Otherwise, they'd have done this years ago. There was no interest. There was not the amount of interest that they thought there was going to be. Because if you were really a Bross fan, you'd have flown to Vegas. You'd have gone to see him. Makes no difference whether you saw Luke because he only plays the drums. It's not like he comes down and does a tap dance and a, a little dance or they sing a duet together. Uh, the I should imagine the rehearsals must be underway. Were the rehearsals March, April, May, June, July? It's only five months away. Now, I know you say five months, but I promise you, if you're doing a... I'd like to know how much rehearsal went into Take That's Big Show when they did the elephant coming out and all the dancers and everything else. That would have to be, you know, beautifully put together. It has to be, whichever way you look at it. So I'm assuming the only saving grace for Bross will be they'll have to film it and put it out as a DVD. But how many Bross fans are there? Are there I can't find anybody, really, apart from the ones that we've read on the website. And there was only a handful of those people complaining... Uh, about the dates being cancelled. There wasn't, there wasn't the backlash that I thought there would be. I may be living in Nairobi, but I'm still listening to Steve Allen's show. I need my daily fix. I've never been to Nairobi. Never been to Nairobi. I should imagine it's lovely. I should imagine it's lovely. My father went to southern Rhodesia years ago. It was renamed. And he did the usual thing. He brought back some African art. Do you know there are more African art shops in London now than there ever used to be? It's very, very popular, all sorts of things. It's like when you go to Australia, the Aborigine art is, uh, is everywhere. Some beautiful paintings and prints and stuff like that. And uh, I quite, I, I, on reflection, I quite fancy Nairobi. I quite fancy Nairobi as a holiday. I don't think I want to go... I watched a thing a short while ago where they were trying to reintroduce, and I, don't, I can't remember where it was, rhinoceri, rhinoceroses. And there was one that they'd had from a, from a baby... Its mother had been uh, taken and the, uh, and the baby was brought up by, by humans. And it was now a two-tonne piece of angry flesh. <laughs> and they, um, and they, sort of, they, they, they filmed it for David Attenborough's thing. And it was lovely. And they had to keep tickling it under the chin and all the rest of it with this little stick. Because this thing was huge. It was enormous. They went, OK, you can take a, a picture closely. Well, quite clearly... This uh, this enormous rhinoceros decided by day two he'd had enough of being filmed and he turned round and I thought, oh God, he's walking towards us. <laughs> so they, they quickly hightailed it out of there because you're dealing with wild animals. Which, whatever people think, whatever people think. You know, we did a thing years ago and I think it was the, oh God, was it called the, the Wild Cat Trust? I went down to, on YouTube, the Steve Allen holding a snow leopard. Uh, which is beautiful. I think it's... I can't remember if it's the Wild Animal Trust. We went out there, a friend of mine, because they do a lot of work with uh, with London Zoo and everything else. Cat Survival Trust. I promise you it was the most amazing place I'd ever been to. The man who, who ran it down, they're doing, they're doing this thing on the television about him at the moment. We went there years ago. Years ago. And, um, and so I was pictured holding this uh, baby snow leopard, which sadly died... There you go. Look at him. Oreo, I think his name was. He was so good. Honestly, I never thought in my wildest... God, I was good looking. I, um, I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd actually be holding a snow leopard. Amazing, isn't it? I mean... Oh, no. What did I say at the time? Was it horrible? What did I say? This is a gorgeous snow leopard. 
And I'd, you'll never see this again, I promise you. You'll never see this again. You just look at this. Look at this gorgeous, gorgeous creature called Oreo. Mwah. Absolutely fantastic, isn't she? Look at this, look. <laughs> I did want to take her home. She was lovely. Unfortunately, she was brain damaged. And so she died uh, not too long afterwards. But I mean, it was like holding a giant, a giant marshmallow. Seriously. Oreo the Snow Leopard. It's the catsurvivaltrust.org. And this man is the most successful I've ever met uh, in breeding, at breeding these, uh, these cats. And he's got lots of other cats he's got a puma he's got all sorts of things and it's he's such an interesting person but uh, oreo the snow leopard sadly passed away but it was one of my uh, one of those pre you know when you get to do things and you think i'm never going to do that ever again never going to do it ever again so go to go to youtube and you can uh, you can find it actually i'm on a lot of things on youtube a lot of quite a lot of things actually <laughs> a lot of things on youtube including steve allen showing you around twickenham that's quite good actually quite like that that's good which is where we don't have a rugby ground, incidentally. I thought I'd point that out to you now. And uh, somebody... Oh, somebody else. Actually, a lot of people who listen to this programme who were overseas, which is lovely. Anybody else noticed oval pizzas? I haven't noticed oval pizzas. I did have a slice of pizza the other day. And the bloke in, in Costco... I nipped down to Costco, 9.30. I was in. I had to get um, some tang-fastic uh, Haribos. Uh, not for me, but for Mel. And her kids. So she wanted three boxes. She wanted a box of red peppers with cheese in them, ricotta cheese. Uh, I got three crates of water because they're all going on diets. So everybody wanted water and uh, some red licorice. And I know where everything is. I go chup, 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 back. And oh, and I bought for Courtney because Courtney downstairs told me he likes licorice. Black licorice. So I bought him a gift box of black licorice, which is the, the wheel and the pipe and the shoelaces and all the rest of it. And so that should keep him quiet for a while. And so I bought this and I managed to get in and through the thing. And I thought, I'll treat myself to a piece of pizza. So I, uh, I bought a piece. You can buy one slice of pizza for one sixty-five, whatever it was. And as I'm, I, I get to the door and they have to count the items in your trolley. One, two, three, I had 13 items or whatever it was. And the bloke looks at it. It's got the time you arrived in. And he said... He said, you've managed to get round in five minutes and get yourself a piece of pizza. I said, yeah. I said, I know where everything is. He said, I think that's a world record. Oh, well, there you go. I feel quite good about that. Steve, I'm not a Robbie fan, says Dean, but Robbie and his wife, Ida, were good sports for a prank. I'm just bored with seeing him on the television. I mean, seriously bored. Also, Scarlett Moffat, quite good at getting the public in to do things. Yeah. She's going to be doing this nightly programme. I think she's got a four days of doing that one. Whole week, so we'll be, be watching that one, won't we? Very, uh, very, very carefully. Uh, the boy who's allergic to fish and chips, he must have been, because he ate it at school, he was only nine years old, and he died. He died. Now, I don't know whether or not, I'll have to look for more, more carefully at the story, because I've got a thing about bones in fish. If I find bones in fish, I can't eat any more of it. I'm too, I'm too panic-stricken over it. Don't ask me why, because they're only small bones. But there might have been a bone that got stuck in his throat. Could have been all sorts of things. We don't know. I shall, uh, I shall check later on. Uh, I've known Priscilla for ages. We're good friends, says Sir Tom Jones, because he knew Elvis. I asked him about Elvis. You can find the interview on our In Conversation database, which has got loads of people on it. I mean, really super people, including, I think, you'll find Priscilla Presley on there. You'll find everybody. But uh, Tom Jones talked about Elvis. I'd love to have met Elvis. I'd love, I'd have had him in like a flash 
for In Conversation. I really would. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. Who could be the next Doctor Who? Could it be Chris Marshall? Does it? I mean, do we seriously worry about this anymore? You know, you know they used to do a big thing about it. Oh, who's actually going to be... Oh, it's Tony Blair. And um, do we... Um, it could be Tony Blair. Tony Blair could be... He was over there. Was he doing something with Trump? I'm a bit bored with Tony Blair. I don't know why. don't know why. I just sort of think he's sort of come back after a long time away. So I don't know really whether or not the next Doctor Who is going to make any difference. I don't watch it anyway. You watch it? You watch Doctor Who? Oh, you watch it? Saddo. I can't believe you watched Doctor Who. I used to watch the early ones when it was sort of the early Doctors and then they'd morph into the new one. You go, Well, not like that because that sounds asthmatic. Uh, and I don't think they were. Darth Vader was asthmatic. I thought, get your breathing sorted out, mate. You sound dreadful, really, honestly. In every film, he was exactly the same. I thought, really? I'm obviously doing wonders for asthmatics. But anyway, and so the Doctor Who would morph into the new one and we go, oh, right, that's what he looks like. And then the Dalek. The Daleks were the most scary thing. None of the other things. The Cybermen were okay. Um, who else was scary in the Doctor Who series? Can't think of anybody else who was scary. The Daleks were very good, and I liked the the film, which is the one with Peter Cushing. He did Daleks twenty twenty or something, whatever it was, and uh, and that was quite good because that was a proper proper made-for-the-screen movie. In the days when, they used to say people used to hide behind the settee. If you were a child, a little person, you'd hide behind the settee because the Daleks were so frightening. And I love the Daleks. I thought they were really clever. I wanted them to be real. And they lifted the lid off one of them once. And, uh, and they sort of went, oh. There was sort of like a rather strange little creature in there that was operating it. I thought they were brilliant. Very scary. Peter Cushing, Doctor Who and the Daleks. Uh, Peter Cushing was Doctor Who Roberta Tovey was Susan Jenny Linden was Barbara and Roy Castle was Ian made in 1965 I'm going to I think I've got it at home but I can't find it and because I've got so many DVDs when I go to order it they go you last ordered this on so and so I've got about three versions of so many things it was the first Doctor Who story to be made in colour filmed in in Technicolor now on the big screen in colour they made a big play about it Doctor Who and the Daleks how wonderful. Terry Nation was the man who came up with the Daleks in the first place. And uh, it was great. The music was by Barry Gray, who did the electronic music. And I loved it. Elements from the programme were used, such as characters, the Daleks, police box, time machine, albeit in reimagined forms. Because that's what it was called, wasn't it? It was the, uh, the time machine, the TARDIS, time and relative dimension in space. And basically, because I, I remember, I'm getting very excited. Uh, going to school and explaining to people that that so you were looking at real sized people on your televisions, but they managed to, and you knew they, were, they weren't miniature people. And that's that's what it was. It was time and relative dimension in space. And when the TARDIS took off, they never knew where it was going. It was so shoddy. You never knew where you were going to end up. You know, it's like sort of getting on a on a flight nowadays. And they go, where are we going? I'm not the faintest idea. We'll land somewhere. And that was it. Uh, Waj says, don't talk about pizza. I haven't had pizza for ages. I'm feeling it again. I know. Actually, I offered one of our, our newsreaders this morning. I said, would you like a chocolate egg? And he said, I'm giving up chocolate for Lent. Do people do that now? Do people give up things for Lent? Does Glenn, Glenn Moore's obviously giving up something for Lent, so that's obviously quite good. I don't know what, what to give up, actually. What's like give up? Sheila Fogarty's given up wine. Oh, God, she'll be like a bear with a sore head. Oh, that'll be dreadful. I think I might give up sex. Oh, no, wait a minute, that's giving me up. Um, what can we do? I don't know what to give up, actually. There's nothing I sort of... Uh, there's nothing I feel I do to... And don't say Prosecco. 
Don't start me down that route. I'm not playing that game this morning. Why did you have to give up something that you really, really crave? God, I can't think of anything to give up for Lent. And why are we doing it? Why are we doing? Why are we giving up something for Lent? Is it just? It's. It's a commitment to God. Oh right. I don't think God cares whether I drink prosecco or not. Well, he didn't the last time I spoke to him, anyway. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning. You don't have to get up on Sunday morning. Unless you're literally getting up to go and try and do something. You might be doing a car boot sale. They seem to be operating all over the place. Although down at Chiswick, they've uh, they've sort of cordoned off the road. It was right blooming pain. I had to sort of double back, do a detour, turn left, don't turn right, back, cross. Oh, dear. Pain in, pain in the rear end. Uh, Katie's listening in Jamaica. She went to Jamaica. No, she went of her own accord. Thank you. And uh, my young brother used to stand behind the door and watch Doctor Who through the crack of the door. One day I crept up on him and he screamed. Hastened to add, I got into trouble and my dad wouldn't let me watch it. I had to go to my room. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember watching it um, hiding behind the settee because I was. I was. I'm sort of kind of a grown up sort of child. I just used to like it. We did have a little black and white television. I think most of the Doctor Who's that we watched were in black and white. And I don't think it was, you know, if somebody said to you, what, what size is, uh, is your television screen? You wouldn't know because they were all the same size. They weren't very good. So uh, poor old brothers. I remember shutting my brother's hand in a door one night. Don't ask. I always remember it vividly. We were in Hong Kong and we had a babysitter. And for some reason, we got, I, I got out of bed. I can't remember why it was actually in the middle of the night. I'd probably go for a, for a wee. And, uh, and my brother's finger ended up getting trapped in the door. I shut the door on my brother's finger. He screamed the place down. He was only young, bless him. I hope he's, he's forgotten about it. But anyway, uh, I've given up seeing my fella for Lent, Steve. He's boring in every way. In fact, my Lent will go on forever concerning him, says Lorna. Dear, honestly. That's using the radio to wash your dirty linen. Is that what they call it? Washing your dirty linen. And uh, somebody says, Steve, I was taught by nuns. Oh, really? Oh, not nuns. Oh, you hear terrible stories about nuns, don't you? They urged us not to give anything up for Lent, but to do something extra. Do something nice for someone, especially if you were not fond of them. Or get up early instead of lying on the bed. Oh, well, there you go. This, this programme's good for Lent. This will help you get up. Take me into the bathroom with you. Promise not to look. Promise not to look. Uh, Steve, I watched a, a nature programme seeing lions eating piglets. No, they're not piglets. They're little warthogs. And uh, they're just a snack. They're just a snack. They have to protect their own cubs. Of course they do. Until a, a lion comes into their pride and then he would kill the cubs anyway. That's what lions do. If they're taking over a pride, they will, they will attack the lion that's got the pride and all the little cubs and they'll all be found dead because they father their own children. It's very bizarre. I did see the same one, but they were chasing the warthogs. And the little tiny warthogs are just a mouthful to them. They're lions. They're, that's what they do. You can't do anything about it, can you? You, you? you watch. They're not allowed to interfere, I think, on any of these nature programmes. But I did like watching David Attenborough. And they said, um, uh, they actually said to him, oh, that, that was really good. The, the, the producer, she knew how to do it. She said, that made me cry, David. And he said, was, was that really all right? An insecurity with David Attenborough about somebody he does all the time. And he said, well, are you sure that was OK? And she went, David, it was really, really good. Went, oh, good. He seemed quite pleased that she was pleased, which is how it works. Uh, Niall says, I'm giving our 19-month-old his breakfast. Benjamin is a Steve Allen convert already. That's what I like. That's what I like, converts at 19. Are they? I was looking at... What was I looking at the other day on television? It was, was I dreaming it? I can't remember. It might have been a dream where sort of somebody appeared in the dream and they were having children and they said they had two children, a boy and a girl. And I thought, how lovely. You sort of dream about those sort of things, don't you? Think about, you know, if you're a new parent 
and you're bringing a child into the world and you've got enough money, that would always make a, make a difference. Do, do, do you think Benjamin's got a Ray Jar diary? Would that be would be possible? You know, just a, just asking. You know, just asking. You know, just just just, just tap t- here. Just a tick 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 tick. Anything that says Steve Allen on it, tick tick tick. Thank you. I don't like to appeal to you in that <laughs> that sort of way, but I reckon if you can't get them at nineteen months old, when can you get them? I met a lady the other day, the other week when I was going off to uh, to do this uh, this thing in town, the the ill fated Friday, and her her daughter was there. And her daughter's got a child, and she said she's been listening since she was since she was a baby as well. So I've probably helped more mums. Charlie Gurning will tell you that more mums through the early morning feeds than anybody else. Steve, I bet you wish your red telephone box and its duvet would go woo 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 and disappear. If the homeless guy was in it, that'd be a bonus. Well, there's two of them now sleeping in that same doorway. So far, the uh, the services round there, nothing, not a peep, nothing at all, nothing at all. So now we've got three people sleeping rough on the streets. They're not begging round there because I think the police moved them on. Uh, they begged somewhere else. There was a woman in uh, Richmond begging round the back of some cottages. No no police moving her on at all. They just sit and they just sort of plaintively hold up a hand or something. I find it deeply disturbing. Uh, little Julie says, morning from lovely Felton. Waiting room for the Jeremy Carl show. Uh, says, I'm off to Zumba this morning. I've given up chocolate. You see, now, it's funny because when, when you say you've given up chocolate, and I, I understand how it works... I'm I'm not addicted to anything. I think I couldn't give anything up. But uh, when I offered Glenn uh, a Cadbury's egg, out of the goodness of my heart, you know, I thought he'd fall over himself backwards. But no, nope, giving it up for Lent. So it's obviously it's obviously quite an addictive thing, isn't it? What would I give up? I can't even say I'd give up toast because I don't have toast very often. If I bought three crusty rolls the other day from M&S, they're probably available in other supermarkets but uh, they were still sitting on the stove this morning, I didn't even eat them, so now they've gone rock hard because you can only eat bread at that particular time and so I didn't I didn't have it because you know what I had yesterday, big mistake Kentucky Fried Chicken Kentucky Fried Chicken, so I won't have it again for about another three months, four months, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me, I don't sort of get that, uh, that addictive uh, to it. Uh, Alan is listening as normal in Thailand. We're at one twenty-five pm It's sunny. 34 degrees Celsius. 34 degrees. Double it and add 30. 93 degrees Fahrenheit. But it is cool season. Oof. I can't do it. I, mean, I don't know what's there's something. There must, must be something the matter with me. I don't know if it's to do with my diabetes. It just... I cannot do heat. I've got, even in Vegas, where I mean, the heat is just intense. Even at night time, it feels intense to me. I've got to have water in the uh, in the room i've got to have the air conditioning on i c- it makes me terribly drowsy terribly drowsy heat and i just don't function in it and i don't know whether or not it's because uh my thyroid's broken i remember when they told me years ago they said oh by the way your thyroid doesn't work and i didn't know what they were talking about so i was looking down going is it oh, right. and they went uh, no your thyroid that's like your little thermometer that's like the thing that monitors cold and heat and everything else and so you can either have you know, a thyroid that sort of partially works, or it don't, mine doesn't work at all. So they give me these tablets called levothyroxine, and that's supposed to make it better. Well, it doesn't. It really it doesn't seem to make any difference to me, and I'm on three of these tablets a day, so it must be fairly serious. But uh, it controls your heat, so I can get hot in the most odd places. Middle of winter, I can I can get very hot. And at the moment, I think my uh, my diabetes has taken a turn for the for the downward because I'm waking up low end of times of a night time and going to the toilet. Now, that could have been because I had Kentucky Fried Chicken. So today for lunch, I'm going to have salad. How boring is that? But I'm get, that's what I'm going to have. I've already decided. Somebody says, thank you for making me laugh on the way to work. We'll be laughing through the papers after the uh, other side of the news, because we've got some stories to run through there, including 
Uh, Mel and Sue saving the the Dire Nightly show. They're sticking with it. They've got about 40 shows coming up. So uh, they're not going to be cancelling it anytime soon. It doesn't matter whether it gets zero ratings. They're going to stick with it. Um, uh, Prince Harry and his girly, who's been married before, uh, she's wearing a love bracelet. It's a bit like a chastity belt for your wrist, because it's only opened with a screwdriver, if you please. And apparently it's worth £5,000. So, obviously, Prince Harry bought that for her and it's put it on her wrist. And that apparently signals to the world that they're in love. Pathetic, it really... I mean, seriously, I've never seen anything that's more ridiculous. They went over to a wedding and apparently... I mean, they said, oh, here they are holding hands. Well, I've saw no evidence of that whatsoever. It's just his sort of regular squeeze, isn't it? This is who he likes. And, of course, absence makes the heart go fonder. You know, whether or not she's sort of living with him if she comes back here, because apparently the wedding is on the cards. <laughs> Not. That's like sort of booking a ticket for a bros show and expecting it to go ahead. It's a bit like that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, Steve, uh, my German shepherd Maggie has underactive thyroid. She had to have three thyroxins a day, says Kim. I know the feeling. It obviously affects everybody, doesn't it? It affects everybody. Oh, the health tourism. You know, we've talked about health tourism in the past with a lot of people saying it's just ridiculous. People turn up on a plane and they go straight into a hospital. Uh, where do you think the most people come from? Because apparently it's on the rise. In fact, um, now, I think in the last... Cool, I forget how many years now. Uh, five years, it's risen 400%. Because people know we're a soft touch. They just get on a plane and they come here. And they book straight into, the, into, a, into a hospital. And it can be for all sorts of things. Where do the most come from? Italians. Italian people are claiming this uh, health tourism. Uh, in the last year, 4,128 people. That's a rise of 700%. 700%. The Spanish were next, most likely to use their cards. Then uh, France, Germany and Poland. And this is some people using it for all sorts of um, things. Some very expensive operations, very expensive operations, which we're paying for. I don't know why they can't do it in their own country. Make it sound like Italy and France and all these places in Germany don't have a good medical service. But they have to pay for it. Uh, my Richard, a spy. This was the uh, the late Countdown star, Richard Whiteley, Catherine Apanovich. Uh, says, uh, she says, I don't know what Ricky Tomlinson's drinking, but he needs to put more water with it. Which makes more sense. She says, my Richard, a spy. He loved Barbara Taylor Bradford. It's not really the reading list of an international man of mystery. And she says, if Ricky Tomlinson has got all these secret files, why is he being secretive about them? Make them public. Why have the press not interviewed Ricky Tomlinson? You know, he's he's being very, very secretive and uh, he is old. Perhaps he's past his sell-by. He believes that Richard Whiteley was part of a huge cover-up which put him in prison. Well, prove it then. Don't make all these uh, these outrageous things. If you're looking for publicity, you've had it, Ricky, but come on. You know, at least give his, uh, his, uh, his girlfriend the right to know what evidence you have. Like the story that appears in the Express today. Uh, barely a month since the death of the Earl of Snowden, but already a TV documentary company is working on expose which make lurid claims about his sexuality, uh, including details of an alleged affair with William Tallon, who was one of the uh, Queen Mother's most loyal servants. He was known as Backstairs Billy. Um, the moment um, she died, they shunted him out as quick as possible. The royal family are like that. They don't have any loyalty to their servants or anybody. So he was he was shunted out. Uh, but he had all his memories and the Queen Mother loved him and relied on him. She liked gay people. In fact, she only seemed to like gay people and he was running it with his boyfriend and uh, doing everything else. Now they're saying Lord Snowden and uh, and Billy had a bit of a liaison. 
Now, this goes back to what I was saying last week on the programme. That I don't know why we should be surprised that a member of the royal family has a fling with somebody else who was gay. You know, it doesn't matter if you were married or, or that didn't come into it. Uh, I can remember reading stuff about Mountbatten years ago, that Mountbatten was always uh, had a liking for young sailors and things like that. And you think, well, they haven't done that. Wonder why? Same sort of thing, isn't it? Is it because he was Prince Charles's godfather? Is it, was it because Prince Charles relied on him so much? I mean, would it be possible that Prince Charles ever... Oh, wait a minute, Prince Charles, of course, had a gay valet. Stephen Barry was Prince Charles's gay valet. I remember that. So obviously the, the royal family like using gay people because, and I think gay people like being subservient to members of the royal family. It doesn't get any better, does it, really, if you think about it, which is good. Uh, Grace says, who's in posh West Hampstead. Oh, you're so not. I don't know why you think West Hampstead is posh. Honestly, it's ridiculous. Says, don't wash your dirty linen in public. I'm up and out of the bed early every day. I don't sleep enough to dream. I do dream again. Well, dreams last seconds. You think they last a long time, but they're very, very quick dreams. I know you think they go for it and you wake up and you go, whoa, that's a good dream. Uh, But they're not. They are merely seconds. Uh, Katie says, apparently Prince Harry's just up the road for us in Jamaica. That would explain the blooming drones flying about. Oh, you don't think he's taken his toys with him, do you, as well? Think he's got a drone? I bet he has, actually. I bet he's actually got a drone. I would think that would be the kind of thing that would probably amuse him. I know they've actually used drones for taking pictures of... That would be the press. I don't think... Do you think Prince Harry's got any toys? You know, when I say toys, like, you know... You know when you go on holiday, you always take sort of books or something like... What do you think he actually takes with him? I mean, do you think he takes anything remotely interesting? Like, you know... I don't know. Books? Do you think he takes a book? Do you think he reads? No. Do you think he takes pictures? Probably not. I think he does. I don't know. Probably doesn't even pack his own case, I should imagine. That's the way it works nowadays, isn't it? Whereas I I always pack a couple of books, but not big books. I always take paperback books kind of things because I like to read and I never get around to reading them. Or or I'll always take sort of like a magic trick or something like that. I say, right, I'll learn this while I'm away. And of course, I I never do it because I get carried away with everything else. But if you're going away on holiday, uh, then uh, I'm sure you'll have a nice time. There was a a woman the other day. She got nicked. Uh, She was a benefit cheat. £150,000 she thieved off us and so she's been sent to prison for 18 months. She wept in the dock. I laughed because I'm glad she was caught because even after she was caught, she still went on a cruise, a £5,500 cruise because they thieved the money. She claimed that she could barely walk. Nobody checks these things. They must hand money out. That's I should apply for benefits and go, I can barely walk into the studio. I'm just very lucky to have made it. And you think to yourself... You know, she, she'd got 150 grand out of the system. She claimed she couldn't dress herself, she couldn't walk, and so she was pictured dancing, lifting heavy stuff out of cars, everything. And then they caught her, and so they sent her off to prison, thieving old bag. But uh, the one thing she liked was cruises. So uh, that's what people go on nowadays, isn't it? You know, you see them advert. Rob, Rob, um, Rob Bryden advertises cruises on the television. I do like him. He's very funny. Uh, the Sunday Express today, they've got a picture of Prince Harry. Uh, with the girlfriend. It's all very tedious. I mean, who cares? He he was best man at this thing. It's a freebie holiday for him. And he's not exactly working so hard. You know, doing a few few charity things. Not that exciting. Uh, other stories in the papers for today. Um, what have we got here? Uh, God, I'm trying to find something that's light. There's really nothing. Oh, apparently there's, there's a new uh, Mary Poppins coming into town. Emily Blunt. Uh, she stars as Mary in the follow-up. Um... This is 20 years after the original. Seriously amazing. Seriously amazing. And so it features an older Jane and Michael Banks. 
Jane and Michael Banks, plus the children. Dick Van Dyke, 91, hello, chimney sweep Bert, has a part. It's not known if 81-year-old Andrews will play a cameo. Oh, you've got to, haven't you? You've got to give her a cameo role. My, my friend Brian Sibley uh, knew uh, the lady uh, who wrote Mary Poppins, Miss Travers, and he wrote the follow-up. He wrote a follow-up film to Mary Poppins because all the Mary Poppins books were individual. Mary Poppins goes to the park, Mary Poppins in the kitchen, Mary Poppins does this, Mary Poppins does that. And they were all put together for the, uh, for the film. And he knew her very, very well indeed. And it, I think there were... If, if I'm trying to think, actually. I think there was about eight. Eight books. And... Um, and so, I mean, what happened, because if you remember the family lived at seven, was, was it 17 Cherry Tree Lane in London. It was a lovely house, actually. In fact, I could probably take you to it now. But the books then got, a, got adapted. Uh, when, uh, P.L. when she wrote the Mary Poppins in the Park, she wrote, and I think, I'm, I might be quoting this wrong, she cannot forever arrive and depart. And I think that's what she actually wrote. But anyway, uh, she had a collaboration with Disney. She didn't like it apparently, because it was too sugary sweet, whereas the original Mary Poppins was quite uh, quite tough, quite tough. When they came around to making the film Saving Mr Banks, that was, what it, that was just made up, OK? There was, no, it, there was no Saving Mr Banks at all. But it was a case of, you know, Mary Poppins came down. Why? Not for the children. No, no, no. She came down because Mr Banks was the one who needed the help. The children didn't need the help. And so Cameron Mackintosh uh, did the uh, the stage right. Originally, Mary Poppins came out in about the 1930s, 33, 34, something like that. And um, when we had the next one, because I think there was one called, if, if memory serves, there was Mary Poppins Comes Back. Mary Poppins, oh no, there was a bizarre title. Mary Poppins in the Park. Oh no, sorry, there was one before that, which was Mary Poppins Opens the Door. Then there was a Mary Poppins... Uh, the A to Z one, which came out, I think, in about the 1950s. Uh, Mary Poppins in the Kitchen, the one I remember. See, there was a long gap, because I think that one came out in the 70s. Uh, Mary Poppins in Cherry Tree Lane came out in 82, and Mary Poppins, the last one, uh, in 88, was The House Next Door. Now, you'll remember that P.L. Travis's son wrote to me at LBC. He wrote to me years ago. Um, it, it, it's a very interesting story. The whole thing we're always, I could still watch, uh, and PL, PL Travellers, Pamela Lyndon Travers, uh, she died in 1996. She was an actress as well, uh, from Queensland. She died aged 96. She didn't have any money. In fact, her resting place is down the road from me. The reason I know so much about her is because she's buried at St. Mary the Virgin Church in Twickenham. There you go. There's our little link between her and very interesting but she didn't like the films I don't think she liked them at all but she did like uh, Brian Sibley and Brian Sibley very very clever man she says uh, in, in an interview that she did she said I've seen it once or twice I've learned to live with it it's glamorous and it's a good film on its own level I don't think it's like my books in fact it was nothing like her books at all Mary Poppins was a much tougher character than the saccharine set, but who cares it's interesting that uh, she get an invitation to the film's star-studded premiere because she embarrassed a Disney executive into then making sure she got one. Outrageous, isn't it? The woman who wrote it didn't get one from Disney. 
And at the after party, she said very loudly, the first thing that has to go is the animation sequence. And Disney, Disney then said, uh, Pamela, the ship has sailed. I mean, she was, she was really unhappy. She says, I, I've seen it once or twice, you know, but it's not like the books. And she, she was right. It wasn't like the books at all. Look at the time on this. I can't believe it. We're so educational on a Sunday morning. Seriously. If it encourages you to go and get the books and they, they sell for lots of money now. You know, if you get fir- first editions, you're paying quite a lot of money. But uh, it's worth getting the film just to realise just how good it was, but bore no resemblance to the books at all. Ask my friend Brian Sibley. He knows about these things. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes. No, it's not. It's 10 minutes. No, it's not. It's 11 minutes. <laughs> Doesn't really matter, does it? It's Sunday morning. We can be lazy. We can be very lazy this morning. I think Sunday morning should always be... You know, just like one of those days where you wake up and the wind blows the curtains and you have a piece of toast and you stare out the window and it's lovely. quarter of a million people marched to save the NHS the other day and uh, I think it's worth uh, worth fighting for, the NHS. Absolutely. I've used it. I noticed actually Bruce Forsyth used it as well. I thought he would have had private uh, health care at his age. But uh, he's, he's, he's gone home. He went back in an ambulance and he's back in bed again. And uh, I hope he's all right. I hope he's all right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he was in there for five days. He's, uh, he's getting on a bit now. Uh, George's body just gave up, says George's ex-boyfriend, uh, Kenny, who was with him for a few years. Uh, he doesn't know anything about it because he wasn't there when he died. And uh, he's, I think he's an art. He's got a gallery or something in, in America. He says George's family just want the funeral to be over with now, like we all do. Yes, I think we're all waiting for that. And then we can read the will. And then we find out who's been left money and who hasn't. And that will be the interesting thing. Uh, Troubled star Stan ditches radio event Stan Collymore. Oh, there you go. Apparently he's not very well at all at the moment. Uh, Also, uh, the One Direction singer, Louis Snaps. He always seems miserable, doesn't he, actually, Louis? He never seems as happy as he could be. Strictly Giovanni romances the streets Kate McGlynn after split from Georgia May Foote. They don't last five minutes, do they? Although, to be honest with you, I mean, poor old Katie... Uh, had a weekend in London. Look, she is not blessed with. I don't want to be rude, but Georgia May Foote is by far the prettier person. Far the prettier person. Uh, also, The Sun, TB Clunes, bills you for his cosmetic op. And because uh, he's had uh, he's had surgery. Ola Jordan. Good God, she's not still around, is she? Poor old Ola Jordan. She's got a new calendar out. How dull and dreary. How boring. Who buys stuff like that? Who buys them? Uh, also, um, Rita Ora was a close friend of the hit-and-run killer who burgled Simon Cowell. Did I read as well? Who was the, uh, the Chelsea bloke? John, John Terry's mansion got, uh, got burgled. Well, there you go. Uh, also, the One Direction star. I mean, walking through the airport with a hoodie on and a police escort. I mean, seriously, dear, a tracksuit at your age. A little bit dated. Um, Martin Clunes and his, uh, and his sort of cosmetic surgery. I don't mind. I couldn't care less whether people have cosmetic surgery. It doesn't make any difference at all to me. And uh, Steve, just to say the in conversation was brilliant yesterday, says Martin. Thank you. And uh, it's on again this evening at nine o'clock. Do not miss it. Do not miss it. My dad, who lived in France, Steve, had to pay around 60% of tax towards the French healthcare system. Yeah, my friends um, uh, Bryn and Annie are over there. I think they, they love the uh, the French system. And Anne says, read the health tourism. My daughter-in-law's auntie lived in Greece, married to a Greek man, became here for major kidney surgery because she was a GB national. Everybody milks the NHS. It's sad. Yes, it probably is, actually. But uh, we have to save it, don't we? Because it's uh, it's lovely. I love your show, Steve. Uh, makes walking the dog a little bit more interesting. 
which is good. I like that. Now equated to walking the dog. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Prince and Meghan so close. What a stupid headline. They're sleeping together. What are you on about? So close. She's been over. She's stayed with him. What do you think they did? A jigsaw? He's 32. It will be air turn next, Harry. God, will catch him before his hair disappears because it's falling out in a rate of knots at the moment. Poor old Harry, honestly. You know, so he puts his little beanie hat on because that's what you have to do. And they go, they're so close. It's his girlfriend. Oh, bloody honestly. Here's Jeremy Kyle. Oh, a bit old for me wearing a puffer jacket, dear, and a baseball cap. But uh, never mind. He's 51. Girlfriend's obviously loving this. Oh, is that another photographer? Oh, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Almost the same as Peter Andre's uh, wife, isn't it? Oh, here she is. She's absolutely gorgeous. She's not really. She's just an ordinary-looking person. Here's Pamela Anderson uh, going out in Paris and popping out in Paris. Still looking as brassy as ever. And uh, they've recalled a lot of Mercedes because they might burst into flames. Slightly disturbing, slightly disturbing. And um, the young will make Britain number one again. I think we're number one. I've never thought that we weren't number one. And uh, here's uh, Shane Warne with a model called Emily Sears. Emily Sears is model and um, she's a fellow Aussie. And they had a dinner date in Los Angeles. She looks like she's revelling in it, going out with somebody famous. This is my moment. This is my real moment. And, uh, and she's model, but she's 32, so she's a bit old to be a model, really. Uh, but, you know, that's what people do nowadays. And Dan and Jacqueline to marry at Gary Barlow's £7 million manor. This is uh, Jacqueline Josser. I know she was still around. And uh, Essex boy Dan Osborne. That's the nasty one, remember. And apparently it's all going to be fantastic. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. So Tom was ready to quit the role in The Voice, which is, uh, which is OK. And anybody, and this is from Karen Brady's column today, who watched... Stephen Bear on Celebs Go Dating will, I hope, have been shocked by him asking if date if he could play her bongos and then feeling her up within minutes of meeting her. What I'm more shocked about, though, says Karen, is that this man is being paid to go on television in the name of entertainment. His behaviour is that of a sexual predator and putting Stephen on telly sends a message it's acceptable. If that was my daughter he was talking to, he'd find out where he... I'd find out where he lives and pay him a visit. What a creep. He is a nasty little creep. They're just encouraging bad, filthy, disgusting behaviour. So uh, just avoid like the play. Karen Brady absolutely hits it on the head. Ridiculous. Why would you have such a pervert on the television? It's just not really good. And then he goes out. He's just disgusting. He apparently went out with Charlotte Crosby. <laughs> Couldn't care less. Disgusting, actually. But they've been secretly dating... He's a desperately sad, lonely, talentless creep. Look at the outfit he's wearing. God, is that what the worst-dressed people are wearing now? A sort of a camouflage tracksuit. If only you disappeared. And uh, poor old Crosby. Looks never in that family, were they? Never there. Uh, David Beckham's first legal pint. Uh, David Beckham's son, I do beg your pardon. We don't think Dave's ever had a drink. But uh, parents reveal they call him Buster. thought his name's Brooklyn. Make up your blooming minds. Either he's called Buster or he's called Brooklyn. Uh, the couple who bought a house... Uh, they built it, actually, for 50 grand. It's now worth 200,000. So that's good. It's only worth it if you want to go somewhere else, isn't it, and, and sell it. But if you don't, you're kind of stuck with it. Daily Star, you've got uh, Harry and Meghan loved up. They're going out together. What do you mean loved up? What is this garbage they're coming up with? They're sleeping together. She's stayed with him here. He's been over there. What do you think? They're having separate holiday chalets where they are at the moment. He's 32. His hair's dropping out. 
He's ginger. He's not going to make it to the throne. What does he do? He does charity. That's called a job nowadays. Not difficult. Uh, here's the hacker stealing naked Kate. Apparently there are naked pictures of Kate Moss. <laughs> and the moon's made of cream cheese. Who cares? Naked pictures of Kate Moss. Steve, my wife and uh, myself were going to give you up for Lent, but then we thought we wouldn't have any laughs in life. So uh, uh, Edie and Ed in uh, a place called Swaddling Coat are going to have to uh, stick with it. I can't bear the idea that somebody could give up this programme. It's not physically possible to give up this programme for Lent unless you live in Staines or Blackpool or where else? Oh, Basingstoke, anyone at Harlow. Loads of places. Loads. It's only in, in Staines. They're up in arms. One person went, oh, that's disgraceful. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Walsh says, have a good day. Going to have a pizza later. Oh, I couldn't eat a pizza. Not now. I feel, I feel very, uh, very bloated. I've had three plums while I've done the programme this morning, thinking that they're, they're really good for me. Better than chocolate, isn't it? But I've got a long drive down the motorway. I've got loads of water with me. And, uh, and that's it. Uh, plus Tom Jones talking about Priscilla and how they're, uh, they're just friends. Just friends. Uh, Towie's Lucy finds love. Some bloke comes around to do some tiles in the bathroom. OK. Next thing is they're having a relationship. He's a lot older than her. And of course, it's given him a bit of publicity. Wife of cop gets green light to sell sex. And, oh, look, Brooklyn Beckham with a drink. Oh, unbelievable. Look at you pushing the boat out and being an adult. Unbelievable. You'll be having pizza by yourself next. Fancy taking a picture of you having drinking a pint. Bit bizarre, isn't it? But there you go. Uh, the Mail on Sunday, Blair's Secret White House Summit. Uh, Tony Blair has, has, has got an astonishing bit to go and work for Trump as his Middle East peace envoy. I'm sure they'll be talking about that later on. And Meghan gets a protective arm. Well, she doesn't, not from him. She puts her arm around him. He doesn't do it around her. And she's wearing a love bracelet that declares to the world, Harry's all mine. Yeah, well, until he finds another one, love. Or until you find another one. You know, at the moment, you're probably never getting so much publicity because your marriage didn't get publicity and the other relationship didn't get publicity. But uh, with, with Prince Harry, you probably get loads. But what are you going to do, dear, when you come and live over here? I've got no idea. No idea. Uh, you can also find in the mail today the dementia robot. Can it rescue the elderly victims of Britain's loneliness epidemic? No need to be lonely if you're listening to LBC. And uh, cheesed off. The family's roundly cheated by the Oval Pizzas craze. Cheesed off. As if they use proper cheese in those pizzas. I mean, come on. Anyway, have a lovely, lovely day. I'm back at nine o'clock this evening with In Conversation. You must, must, must download it. It's worth uh, worth doing. Have a have a nice day. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning as well, between four and seven. It's where everybody comes out to play. Biggest audience going in London. Can't beat it. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at ten. She's back. It's Katie Hopkins. But right now, with breakfast, Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.